0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning and welcome to Manna for Breakfast. We are doing our abbreviated reading for today as far as the morning uh, dad jokes and some of the This Day Trivia. Since this will be edited on a Sunday, probably come out to you on a Monday, but um, make it a little easier on myself and the editors. So I thought we would be jumping in the word this morning. This is just for the uh, edited podcast. We won't be doing live. This is Genesis. Now, 20 through 22 and Matthew 6, the last half of Matthew 6. So welcome, nice to have you with us. Hopefully some of you are new now, deciding to jump in with us to read the Bible in a year. We're very excited to have you. And if you get a chance, calvarypv.com, you can contact us and say hi, or listen online live at some point if you want to. Uh, We're on every morning Puerto Vallarta time at 9 a.m., on uh, all the major Facebook, YouTube Live, we're on uh, Twitch, and we're also on Rumble now, and uh, trying to get on Telegram, but it's not letting me, Having giving me a hard time. Uh, So anyway, thank you for joining us. So let's go ahead and pray, we'll be looking at Genesis chapter 20 to start off this morning. Father, thank you for the blessing that we have. Thank you. We can come and receive from you the manna every single morning as you desire for us, God, to grow in strength and in knowledge so that we might, Father, be a testimony for you in this world. So we thank you, God, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 20. Now Abraham journeyed from there towards the land of the naked and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he journeyed in Gerar Abraham said of Sarah his wife she is my sister so Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah but God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night and said to him behold you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken for she is married now Abimelech had not come near her and he said Lord Will you slay a nation even though blameless? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart that you have done this, and I also accept you. And I also kept you from sinning against me, therefore I did not let you touch her. Now therefore restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech arose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were greatly frightened. Then Abimelech called Abraham. And said to him, What have you done to us, and how have I sinned against you, that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What have you encountered, that you have done this thing? Abraham said, Because I thought, surely there is no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of, of my father but not the daughter of my mother and she became my wife and it came about when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her this is the kindness which you shall show me everywhere we go say of me he is my brother Abimelech then took sheep and oxen and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Settle wherever you please. To Sarai said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, it is your vindication before all who are with you, and before all men you are cleared. Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maid, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the household of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Chapter 21. Then the Lord took note of Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son, whom was born to him whom Sarah had bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now, Abraham was 100 years old when his son was born to him. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham. Mocking, therefore, she said to Abraham, Drive out this maid and her son, For the son of this maid shall not be heir with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac your descendants shall be named. And of the son of the maid I will make a nation also, because he is your descendant. So Abraham arose early in the morning, took bread and a skin of water, and gave him to Hagar putting them on her shoulder and gave her the boy and sent her away and she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba when the water in the skin was used up she left the boy under one of the bushes then she went and sat down opposite him about a bowshot away for she said do not let me see the boy die And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. God heard the lad crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin of water and gave the lad a drink. Verse 20, God was with the lad, and he grew, and he lived in the wilderness and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. 22, Now it came about at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring or with my posterity, but according to the kindness that I have shown you, you shall show to me and to the land in which you have sojourned. Verse 24, verse, Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham complained to Abimelech because the well of water, which the servants of Abimelech had seized And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. Did you not tell me? Nor did I hear of it until today. Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Abimelech said to Abraham, What do these seven ewe lambs mean, which you have set by themselves? He said, You shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, so that it may be a witness To me that i dug this well therefore he called that place beersheba because the two of them took an oath so they made a covenant at beersheba and abimelech and phicol the commander of his army arose and returned to the land of the philistine 33 abraham planted a tamarisk tree at beersheba and there he called on the name of the lord the everlasting god And Abraham sojourned in the land of the Philistines for many days. Chapter 22. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham arose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took Then they came to the place on which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there on, and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As uh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven and said, "My, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing, have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed in the stars, as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies." and your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now it came about after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, also has borne children to your brother Nahor, Uz his firstborn, and Buz his brother, and Chemuel the father of Aram, and Chesed and Hazo, and Pildash, and Jidlap, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. These eight Milka bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Reumah, also bore Teba, and Gaham, and Tehash, and Ma'aka. So Abraham is challenged again to walk by faith initially amongst the kings of this world and fails miserably in one sense, unless, which is at least possible that God was doing all this to enrich Abraham, because every time he goes to these kings and says that his wife is his sister and and essentially <laughs> lies through his teeth, well, half-truths, and then the king here, uh, he supernaturally finds out about it, and then he says, hey, this is, shouldn't be done. This is bad. This is wrong, and gives him a bunch of money or whatever, servants and goats and, and all, of the, all of the livestock, and he comes out of the situation richer than he went in. And it also, of course, scares Abimelech, and of course he then makes a covenant with him and now he has a lot of power and, uh, and he has a lot of wealth. So was this of the Lord? I, I'm leaning towards the saying God has a permissive will and a perfect will, and this was his permissive will. This is a tough one. It's a, one of those things that people question and argue and ponder over a lot. And I don't know what I have a definitive answer, but I can see here that that situation was, as as his other situations, always growing him, challenging him to take another step of faith to trust God. And of course, you can imagine how beautiful his wife must have been. And they are in their, they are old, older. They're getting up there. This could have happened earlier before she's pregnant and in her 90s. I mean, it seems like she's in her 80s i got to look at my time frame. Uh, and obviously, before Abraham, people lived hundreds of years, but the time frame has dropped. But she seems to have been uh, passed over <laughs> as far as the aging process goes to some degree, although she felt it impossible to bear a child. But quite amazing, quite an amazing woman, obviously, and quite an amazing situation. And what happens from that is now... They're probably established, and Isaac has a chance to grow up. We don't see that this would have, this thing with Abimelech would have happened right before uh, Isaac. There's every reason to believe that Isaac was already grown when he goes uh, with Abraham. He's able to carry the wood. People think that he was actually close to 30. And so he wasn't a young boy like you see in the pictures in the Sunday school books. Do your research. You can check me on that. But that is a pretty wide belief amongst Bible scholars. So he has the power to overpower Abraham, who's now 100 years old, right? It would not have been hard for him to push him over. Not really. I think he was pretty staunch and strong. Obviously, he could hike up a little mountain. He can go on long journeys. He's still very strong, but comparatively to his young Isaac, um, there's no way that humanly speaking, that he could have bound Isaac with his own strength. And you know Isaac really, no, oh, no, my dad's going to kill me, would have fought him off. Unless, unless Isaac learned of the faith of Abraham, his father. And Isaac had been learning a lot about Abraham's walk with Yahweh. And so he now is deciding that, you know what? I'm going to follow after my father's God. And now he's walking by faith, and he's believing, in Abraham's explaining to him, son, I mean, we don't have this narrative, but it's at least possible that Abraham said, look, uh, the Lord wants me to sacrifice you, but he's also promised me that you are going to carry on the line. Therefore, no matter what happens, you'll be resurrected. Again, Isaac has this tendency at times to be a strong model of the Messiah. Miraculous birth brought up, and now he's going to willingly lay his life down his father beautiful typology and so he does that he allows himself to be bound and he himself gets on the altar and he's saying father not by my will but by yours and he's ready to go and then god holds his hand and there is the lamb or the the ram in the thicket which he offers in his place so amazing um amazing amazing story And then the lineage goes on where we have these other births going on as well. So now we're going to move over to Matthew 6, 19 um, through 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. being by being worried can add a single hour to his life and why are you worried about clothing observe how the lilies of the field grow they do not toil nor do they spin yet i say to you that not even your not even solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace will he not more clothe you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what should we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself each day has enough troubles of its own. So here's my biblical defense when my wife is always telling me, you're not really going to wear that, are you? <laughs> I'll tell her, hey, Bible says not to worry about what you're going to wear. I No, I don't think I'll do that. But, I, you know, it's a nice biblical <laughs> excuse. I am very thankful my wife knows how to combine colors and clothing. I'm kind of colorblind when it comes to clothes. And she does a wonderful job helping me not look silly in public. Let's just put it that way. She does it as a help to me, and I'm very appreciative of it so this idea of trusting God again it's interesting this first uh example about light and darkness that if you're there's if there's purity in you if there's goodness in you. Your body is is a lamp. And and if you are walking with God, then that light shines out, it seems. It seems to have this idea that it'll shine out from your eyes. And we know that it's it's used just to paint a picture. But um, I'm wondering... Here it is verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body, so then if your eye is clear, that's what it is. your whole body is full of light, meaning if you're not in sin, if you're not carrying around with a lot of guilt and thing, things, your whole body is full of light. I'm, I would love to, to know what the eyes of those three angels that came to Abraham looked like, the angels that went into Sodom to get Lot, even Jesus' eyes when he walked around the Sea of Galilee. I know they said in Galilee you couldn't tell him apart from any other man, but Abraham, when he saw him in the Old Testament, was there Was there light coming out of their eyes? I don't mean like pure light. I, I, I mean a, a kind of a glow or something that their eyes would, you said that they say the eyes is the window into the soul. Could he look into their eyes and see purity and see the purity of God and the light of God in some phenomenal way through their eyes. I don't know, but I just like the, I like the picture that it's painting. And certainly, if you are walking close to the Lord, there are times when people will look at you and say, there's something about you that's different. And they're seeing that your eye is clear, that you're not carrying around the guilt and the shame, and you're no longer the heaviness of sin. It's been forgiven, and now you have God's light, and it's shining forth through you. And normally people connect with you by looking in the eye. That's where you connect with them spiritually. That's where you can then look straight at them and say, Jesus loves you. And they can see it <laughs> mentally, physically. They understand that you're real. Pretty, pretty amazing. All right, purity um, of heart and life. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, 8. Purity even purity of heart is the main thing to be aimed at. We need to be made clean within, through the spirit and the word, and then we can be clean without, by consecration and obedience. There is a close connection between the affections and the understanding. If we love evil, we cannot understand that which is good. If the heart is foul, The eye will be dim. How can those men see a holy God who loves unholy things? Again, when you put these things together, it's amazing God's providence. This is Charles Spurgeon talking about the eye being dim right after we read Matthew. And I took these as separate, uh, separate devotional, separate things. And the Bible program puts it together. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, it says here, what a privilege it is to see God here. A glimpse of him is heaven below. In Christ Jesus, the pure in heart, behold the Father. We see him, his truth, his love, his purpose, his sovereignty, his covenant character. Yea, we see himself in Christ. But this is only apprehended as sin is kept out of the heart. Only those aim at goodness can cry, mine eyes are ever towards the Lord, the desire of Moses. I beseech thee, show me thy glory, can only be fulfilled in us as we purify ourselves from all iniquity. We shall see him as he is, and everyone that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. The enjoyment of present fellowship and the hope of the... Beatific vision are urgent motives for purity of heart and life. Lord, make us pure in heart that we may see Thee. Don't know what to add to that. God is a God that wants to reveal Himself to us. He wants us to get a clearer image of Him and understanding and fall in love with Him more. But He does this as He is purifying us as we are seeking him as we desire as moses did to see him and say god show yourself to me show more of yourself to me and then our eyes are open more and more those who aim at godliness can cry mine eyes are ever towards the lord i'm always looking i'm always desiring to see more really really pretty beautiful devotional that paints a very nice picture where we want to be for sure, especially this year. So let's pray for that. Father, we do pray that you would allow us to see your face like Moses cried out. We want to see your glory. And we know it's revealed in your word. That's why we come every morning that you do reveal yourself. We know that you are seen as we look at your son, that as we look at, to Jesus and we see him and we understand his ministry, his words, and everything he's taught his apostles, we are seeing you, the two that are one. And we're given the understanding by the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So, all of this, God, it brings us into your throne room and gives us the understanding. And what is gleaned by faith now will then be understood by sight as Moses lifted up the knife under obedience saying, I am going to follow you, God. I don't even see you, but I know you're true, and your words are true, ready to sacrifice his own son. We know in that obedience his, his faith was reckoned to him, as righteousness, and he was blessed, and he now is with you in eternity, and now he now knows you face to face. Through all of these understandings, God, all this understanding in the Bible, All these examples of faith, we claim the same. We will walk by faith and trust you. And wherever you guide us and the things you tell us to do, even though at times it won't make sense, we will follow that because we know, we know that you are revealing yourself to us and we know that this faith that we have now is gonna be rewarded because then we will see you face to face and we will be with you in your kingdom. So we thank you for that. And we thank you for men like John that went up to heaven and saw it and gave us a good example and a good explanation of it. Paul as well, and gave us great insight to it, even Daniel. The insights that we get through these prophets is quite amazing. So continue, God, to excite us and keep us focused on this year and help us, God, to stay strong no matter what comes at us. And Father, we don't know what's going to happen with this new big wave of COVID that's happening in China. We do want to pray, God, for the families there that are losing people every day by the hundreds. I mean, these families are just are losing individually maybe a few to a dozen, but as a as a the cities are you are losing thousands of day a day. Hospitals overrun. Mortuaries overrun. This is a another serious outbreak, God. So we intercede, God, for these people in China. We want to stand between the gap, between this plague that's going through China and ask God that supernaturally you would stop it. And we would pray as what happened in Israel that you would supernaturally show the chinese that if they look up and see you lifted up on the cross and see you glorified as risen from the dead and conquering over it that they too can be healed god let this be turned around what the world is and the globalists and, and the enemy has met for evil may you use it for good and open up the floodgates for salvation in china where millions will come to know you and then god use all of that to affect the rest of the world. But we do want to pray for protection for the rest of the countries for what's going on, that that this uh, new strain or the, whatever it is not come into these other countries and that you would continue to build up our immune system, God, in a big way. And in the meantime, we just pray for those that are sick and hurting Thank you for the time we can meet together in, in church and get built up. And for my son, Micah, leading worship and my kids being here. Thank you for Abby that was here and now is back and serving in her church. And for Esty, who's going to back to Italy soon, um, we just pray for a blessing upon them. But for those that are really dealing with severe health issue, guys, we want to lift up before you that you would get their bodies back where they need to be so that they can be serving you. So thank you, Father, for this day. And thank you for everyone joining God, that you would continue to grow our family here online, and you would help us pray one for another as we communicate often online and um, and just share our needs. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, and if you do have prayer requests, again, you can go to calvarypb.com where it says contact us and send those, or try jumping in on a live feed Sundays, we have a live feed at 9 a.m. for the English service, and we also have the live feed 9 a.m. every morning on YouTube, Twitch, Rumble, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and also Twitter, I believe now. So we're working a couple more. But let us know. We'd love to be able to pray for you and uh, just get to know you better. So thank you, guys. God bless you. (music) Bye-bye.